Welcome back to the Travel Trade Exchange podcast or the Travel Stories podcast, whatever whatever name it ends up being. Again, I'm producing these podcast episodes, these first few podcast episodes before the website's up and running and before we've published anything on iTunes iTunes is a little tricky. Sometimes the name you want to use has been taken by somebody else. So the name will be determined when we actually get published on iTunes. I want you to consider submitting your stories. There's several ways to do it. Then the details of that can be found at the website www.traveltradeexchange.com. Again, also use the website for searching uh, for services, for connections, and place your own ads for services and connections to other travelers. Today, I'm going to be talking about random acts of kindness. These stories are my own stories, and I, I would like other stories from other listeners to be told. First story I'm going to tell is when my family and I were visiting Salerno, Italy. We had sailed, uh, we'd picked the boat up in Gaeta, Italy, where we'd wintered it for the winter, and would sail Ischia and um, Capri and several other of the small islands in the uh, Naples Bay, off the uh, coast of Italy. And it was the end of the f- it was at the end of the uh, trip for my family. I still had several weeks to go with clients and guests, but my family uh, my family was at the end of their trip. We took a day trip up to Pompeii, and we spent a day walking around Pompeii. It was fairly hot. And uh, we we caught an early train up, spent most of the day walking around Pompeii, and came back uh, in the evening. We arrived back in Salerno uh, again by train about, oh, 7, 7.30, maybe 8 o'clock in the evening. It was still light outside, but it was dusk. We we had the boat. The boat was in uh, uh, a, a harbor about, oh, maybe a mile from the train station, and we could walk it. But we'd all been walking all day long, and we were tired. And there was a, at the train station, it was also a bus terminal. And I'd seen buses go right by the front of the harbor. So I thought, well, let's just catch a bus. So I went to one bus driver and said, uh, um, Marina, and he said, no. And then I went to another bus driver, and he said, Marina, I said, eh, yeah. And so we got on that bus, and the bus took off and started heading towards the marina. We were up about three, four blocks inland from the marina. And so we went by the marina where we, we could have got off the bus and, and walked down about two or three blocks to be, to be at the marina. But in the past, I had taken, just picked up buses, buses at random, local city buses at random, and just uh, got on them and ridden them just to see where they took me. And I always assumed that buses had a a circular route. They would go out and they would come back, and they would go out and they would come back. So I assumed that this bus would go out and then come back, and when it came back, it would go right by the marina. So we stayed on the bus, and the bus started heading farther up the hill and farther into the the areas uh, northeast of Salerno. People got on and got off the bus, and pretty soon uh, everybody got off the bus, and it was dark now outside, and we were heading off into, I had no idea where, but it was dark, and there was no city around. There was no city around, and and uh, we'd been on the bus probably for about, probably for about a half an hour. 
and I was getting a little uncomfortable, so I went up to the front of the bus and uh, looked at the bus driver, and I said, Marina? And he looked at me, and he turned around and looked at my wife and daughters. And my daughters at this time are around 12, maybe 13 years old. And they're twin daughters. And he just started talking to himself, and I was glad I didn't speak any Italian at the time. Uh, Mumbled and mumbled and just motioned me to go back and sit down. And he turned the bus around and drove all the way back to the marina Along the way, he stopped and talked to other bus drivers and said whatever he said. But uh, obviously, it wasn't flattering to us. But nonetheless, he made sure we got back to the marina to where we needed to go. I tried to offer him money, and he just waved me away. So that was one of my experiences of random acts of kindness. Now, I'm about to list seven separate acts of kindness I've received while I've been traveling in Turkey. And I've mentioned in previous podcasts that I've spent over a year of my life in Turkey. And like most Westerners, I had a specific image of Turkey and the Middle East before I actually spent time there. And this just goes to show that there's people are the same everywhere in the world. There's just wonderful people everywhere you go. And so I'm going to talk about... um, Actually, I guess this is six different ones, and I'm not listing all of the fine, all of the kind acts that I've had while traveling in Turkey. Now, these aren't in any specific order. They're just the ones that came to mind when I was thinking about my travels in Turkey. And and uh, so the dates aren't, I'm not even going to put dates down on these because I've spent off and on seven separate summers in Turkey. But one time I was flying from the United States into Istanbul and going to go to my boat, which at the time was had been moored in a town called Ivalik over the winter. Ivalik was uh, fairly inexpensive to leave my boat at, and that's always a, one of my criterias when I'm leaving the boat, is how much is it going to cost me to moor the boat while I'm gone. The only problem with Ivalik, it was very difficult to get there. There, uh, there was no flights that went there. The nearest town of any significance was Izmir, and I would have to take a bus from Izmir. And the bus, bus, the airport at Izmir is a long ways away from the bus station, and it would just be a total headache to fly into Izmir and then catch a bus uh, to Ivalik. So, I got off the the, the flight from uh, I think I flew from. JFK to Paris, Paris to uh, Istanbul, or it may have been direct Istanbul, I don't remember. But in the basement of the airport in Istanbul, there's a subway, or I shouldn't say a subway, more of a railroad, a, a inner city railroad, not inner city, intra-city railroad, that will take you to downtown uh, Istanbul. It's cheap, it's very inexpensive. And, and I think the second or third stop on this train is the uh, the city bus station, the big intercity bus station. Um, and so I got off, and I I didn't want to spend a night in Istanbul. I'd spent too many nights in Istanbul, and, and it's a wonderful, exotic city if you've never been there. But if you've been there as many times as I've been there, uh, you get tired of the rug merchants. And so I decided to just get off the plane and get straight down to Ivalik and get the boat ready to go sailing. I had a big summer sail planned. I was going to sail all the way from 
uh, Ivalik down the coast. And I think that year I went all the way down to Finicky. So pretty much all along the Turkish coast and I hopped back and forth between Turkey and Greece uh, that summer. So uh, there's no direct bus to Ivalik. Uh, and there's always a bit of a barrier, language barrier. Uh, you can always find a Turk that speaks a little English, but sometimes it's hard for them to explain their thoughts. Uh, but I caught a bus and they, they indicated to me that I would have to change the bus in a small town and uh, and and I got to this town and everybody got off the bus so I knew that was the end of the line and I went up to the counter and this is at about 10:30 at night I've been traveling all day long uh, by bus so I was pretty tired and the bus station was empty there was nothing going on there was one um one counter that was open, and I went up to him, and I said I needed to get to Ivalik. And Ivalik at this point in time was only about 30 miles away, so I was fairly close. And uh, he looked at me like, well, geez, you know, everything's closed down. Nothing's going on. Um, but he told me to sit down, and I, he makes a few phone calls, and I sit down, and I'm watching, and nothing's going on. So I get up and start walking around, and he comes over to me and says, sit down, stay here. Sit down, stay here. So I do. I stay there. And... Uh, and uh, I'm sitting there, and about a half an hour later, uh, he comes over to me, grabs me, says, come with me. So we get up, we walk outside, and we stand on the, uh, on the street, on the curb on a street, and lo and behold, the bus comes by. He talks to the bus driver. I get on the bus, and the bus takes me down to, to Ivalik, and I wasn't charged for that bus ride. Next time, I was in, uh, in Finicky. My wife and daughters were with me. We were outfitting uh, the boat for this summer uh, would would left the boat in Finicky, which is fairly close to Antalya. Um, and we went to the grocery store to get some food. And my wife had a specific recipe she wanted to make, and it called for mint. And she asked the uh, store owner, the little shop owner, if he had any mint. And, uh, of course, they didn't have it. Uh, but he made the effort. He went home out of his own garden cut some mint and brought it in and gave it to her and wouldn't let her pay anything for it. Okay, next I, next, next uh, random act of kindness. I was in a town, I was doing uh, some inter, inter-country travel by bus, and I was in a town called Safranbolu. And Safranbolu is known uh, for its uh, classic old Ottoman-style houses, and that's why I went there, just to see these old houses. There's an old section of town that I wanted to go to. And I had, uh, this was at the end of the summer trip. I'd put the boat up, and I'd taken a, uh, taken a, a bus up to uh, Gurame in Cappadocia, spent some time there, and then caught a flight from um, Antalya up to Trabazon which is on the Black Sea coast, and I'd taken a bus across the southern end of the, 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 uh, the northern Turkish coast along the Black Sea. I'd thought of taking my boat into the Black Sea, but I wanted to check it out ahead of time. And, and after doing some land-based travel, I decided it didn't make a lot of sense, so I never did take the boat up and sail on the Black Sea and have no intentions of doing that in the future. Um, so I worked my way along the northern coast of Turkey and then came down to a t- city called Safranbolu uh, on my way back to Istanbul at the end of the summer. 
and I'm, by, I'm traveling by myself, um, and I'm, I, I, I'd taken the bus in, then caught a, a small city bus to go into the main part of the city, but where I needed to go was an older section of the city, and, and I'm sort of standing there trying to figure out what to do, and a, a gentleman walks over to me and in English asked me what I'm looking for, and I told him where I was going, and he said, okay, let me help you, and so he stood with me, and uh, probably for about 15 minutes while one or two bus, the city buses kept coming by and kept coming by and kept coming by, and he wouldn't let me get on the wrong buses, and finally the right bus came by, and he's talked to the driver, told him where I needed to go, and paid for my fare. He wouldn't let me pay it for him. And that was it. Then he left. Uh, just wonderful people. I, I like the Turks. I really do like the Turkish people. Um, then, uh, at the end of that trip in Saffron Bolo, another random act of kindness happened. I was catching a bus from Saffron Bolo back to Istanbul to catch my flight out to come back home. And it was early in the morning, and the sun was beating down on the platform for the bus. So I'm standing there, and the bus isn't loading up, so I sort of decided to step around the corner and read a book in the shade. And I'm reading the book in the shade, and then I poke my head around there, and the bus is gone. I missed the bus. So I run back into the bus station, and I say, hey, I missed my bus. I missed my bus. I, I've got to get on. i got to get this done, but I missed my bus. And the guy looks at me like, oh, geez, you're crazy. Um, and he says, okay, 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 okay. So he's, he takes me out and puts me on another bus, another big bus, and and we take off, and we go down to the next city, and lo and behold, they had stopped the bus that I was supposed to be on at this other bus station in the next city waiting for me to come on this other bus to get on it. So they made sure I was taken care of. All right, another summer I was traveling by myself, inner city. I, at, at the end of the summer, I always give myself about a week to do just um, just s- solo traveling in the country I'm visiting. I, I like that. Being on a boat's nice, but sometimes you just need to get off a boat and travel inland. So I was traveling to Afyon, and Afyon is, I think, the second or first largest producer of of medical opium. Um, they grow poppies there. They harvest the uh, opiate by the straw method, uh, which means they, I don't know the technical term, but they, they cut the straw, they get the opiates from the straw, and feed everything left over to the cows who create this wonderful affion cream. Um, and it's known for its affion cream because the cows are apparently very contented cows. So I was going to this town. It's way off the, the, the bypass. Most tourists never go there. But there were some neat old Ottoman houses in this town as well, which are really interesting to look at. And I got off the bus, and I was wandering through the city. I had a, um, a guidebook that told me of a hotel that, that was reasonably priced that I wanted to stay at. And uh, I tried calling the hotel before, but I couldn't get through, and I didn't know why. So I get off the bus, and I just start wandering around. And, and I've learned about the Turks. The Turks are just wonderful, friendly people. But they do not have a natural smile. If you look at them, they look sort of mean. But that's just their n- normal countenance. And um, I've, I've learned to overcome this. I just go up to any random Turkey, <laughs> any random Turk, and, and I start asking him a question. And, of course, he didn't speak English, but he 
stopped what he was doing and went next door and got his friend. And Kite came over and and asked uh, a little in a little broken English how he could help me. And I told him I was looking for this hotel and. I showed him in the guidebook the name of the hotel and the phone number, and he said he didn't quite understand me, so he went and got another friend of his. So now we've got three Turks trying to help me. And they get on the phone, and they call the number, and it's not answering. It's not working. He says, no, it's out of business. It's out of business. He says, no, it can't be. It can't be. But pretty soon, these guys are carrying my luggage and taking me into town to show me where the hotel is. And, uh, and sure enough, it had gone out of business, but there was another hotel just around the corner, um, that I stayed at. And just the kindness, the kindness of the Turks. I just really enjoy the Turkish people. Uh, at that hotel, interestingly enough, there was a wedding going on. And I'm always sort of curious to see the cultural aspects of the way different people celebrate weddings. And and I don't have clothes to go to weddings. And I'm usually in T-shirts or jeans and and uh, and I'm sweaty and hot, and I don't carry a lot of extra clothes when I travel, but I was sort of sitting there on the outside of the, this room sort of watching the wedding that was going on, and the bridegroom and bride see me and run out and try to get me to come in and join them, and and uh, <laughs> I just would have felt very uncomfortable joining them for this celebration, but it was kind that they asked me to, and before they let me go, they went and grabbed a little... A little uh, little tiny frame with a photograph of them in it and gave it to me. Uh, it was very nice of them. So I, uh, those are some of my random acts of kindness. As you can see, a lot of them are concentrated in Turkey. That's just because that's where I've spent a lot of time traveling. I was playing this podcast back to my partner, Brian, and uh, Brian has been to Turkey himself, and he said, hey, I've got some uh, random acts of kindness I want to tell about, so I'm going to let him tell of his random acts of kindness. Okay, Brian, tell us your story. Okay. This is a few years ago. Franz invited myself and my father to sail on his boat in Turkey. And I had never been to Turkey, never traveled uh, that part of the world. It was really exciting to do that. And Franz gave us instructions to fly into Istanbul, spend a couple days in Istanbul, see the Blue Mosque and things like that. Beautiful city. And then we were to catch a bus down to, it was the first year, Franz. So we were up in the Sea of Marmara. Yeah, we, we caught a bus to some small town in the, off in the, just off the Sea of Marmara. I don't remember the name of the city. I don't remember either. It was a small town, very, very small. But uh, the story that I have is, uh, so we stayed at the Apricot Hotel in Istanbul, right in the, near the, in the Blue Mosque. Saltalamet area, right. Right. Mm-hmm. And we told them that we were to meet you. We wanted to meet you at this city, and we needed to get uh, some, buy some bus passes to this city uh, to meet you. And the people there at the hotel says, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll arrange that for you. We'll, we'll, get a, we'll, hire, we'll get a cab driver um, to take you to go buy this bus pass. And we says, okay. And uh, he shows up at the hotel and the, the, the gentleman there at the, ho- the, at the hotel that worked at the hotel spoke to this cab driver and told him what we needed. He didn't speak any English, this cab driver. Um, and so my dad and I get in this cab with this cabbie and uh, he was, he, and anyway, he started driving to these uh, travel agents and he would park his car 
leave my father and I in the cab, and then he would walk into this travel agent, talk to them, tell them, well, I guess, what we needed, and they'd say, yes or no, or yes or no, I can't help you. And it was, he probably t- stopped two or three times, or th- probably three or four times, trying to find the, the right uh, travel agent that could help us out with our needs. And I can guarantee you that would never happen in America. <laughs> in America. I, I just was amazed that here this guy, and he didn't, it was no extra money. He just was helping us out, kind of doing us a personal favor. I don't think that's the regular job of a, of a cab driver <laughs> is to go in there and sort of, he was kind of playing as a, well, he was our interpreter. He was kind of a, a, a travel agent <laughs> on the side. He did everything for he you. He did everything. It was amazing. And uh, finally he found a place that could help us out. And uh, we went into the travel agent. He interpreted for us. We bought our pa- our bus tickets, and uh, worked out great. And then I remember that just the funny thing about that story is, my father and I we they they drop us off in this small little town to meet you, and we're wa- everybody's kind of staring at us. You know, I'm my dad. I'm six six six. And my dad's about six four, and uh, we're walking in this town and people are staring at us and you know we could you could they could tell we were not uh, locals and we're walking through the town and just so happens you walked out of this store just as we were walking by just ran right into ran, ran right into each other in this, this little town it was kind of interesting so anyway that was a fun story did you have another one in turkey i have one more oh tell us <clears throat> so and you're going to have to help me with the cities possibly but uh, we had been sailing. In fact, th- I think this is the same trip. Right. The okay. first year. Uh, I've been with Franz two years on his boat. But this is that same year, and it was at the end of our trip in Turkey. We uh, put your boat up in Ivalik. Right. That was uh, the summer I left it in Ivalik. Right. Okay. Okay. And then we, uh, right there in Ivalik, we bought a bus pass. I believe to Istanbul. Is that correct? I mean, is that how we? I'm trying to remember the yes, logistics. Yes, you were you were going to fly to Cappadocia, and you had to get back to Istanbul to catch a flight. Most flights in inside of Turkey start in Istanbul, so you always seem to have to go through Istanbul. So you would have had to get back to Istanbul to. Catch That's a right, flight. and then we went to Cappadocia. Right from there. That's right. I'm trying to re- trying to remember this. Well, I was actually I was, I was going to tell you my funny story. Well, go ahead and tell a funny story. We can come back to this one, Brian. <laughs> this was not a random act of kindness. <laughs> well, it was just interesting. Um, I got on this bus, and as you know, when you're in Turkey, they well, it's assigned seating on the bus too. It's not you just don't go sit anywhere. We had assigned seating, and I was in a certain seat, and my father was in a different seat. It just so happened to be in. I got on the inside aisle, and again, I mentioned that I'm pretty tall. I got on the inside aisle, and this this bus happened to be sort of cramped quarters. And when I'm sitting for a long period of time and my knees, if, if my knees are bent for a long period of time, my knees just ache, and I, I got to get up. I, I have to get up and stretch. I mean, it just really hurt after a while. And this is quite a long bus drive, bus drive as I recall. If you're going from Ivalik up to... Yeah, Istanbul. Yeah, it's a long bus ride. It's probably hours. six or seven hours. Yeah, it's it's quite a ways. And as I recall, I mean, it was we started late at night and we got into Istanbul in the early in the morning. So it, was it was an all nighter. Okay, all night bus drive. And I got I got on the I I was on the window seat and a gentleman was sitting next to me. I didn't know him. He didn't speak any English. He was a Turk. And 
I was trying to stretch my legs out to kind of relieve some of the stress on my knees. And do you know those little foot pedals on those buses? Uh, right. They have little foot pedals. Well, I, just so I could stretch my leg out, I stuck my feet through that little pedal. And, uh, and then I fell asleep. It's an all-nighter. And I remember uh, waking up in the middle of the night, and my, I, just, I had to get up. My knees were just killing me, and this guy next to me was asleep. I was stuck. I could not get my feet out, of these, out, of, out between these pedals. My feet were stuck in there. It was anyway. It was it was kind of funny at the time, but I just got stuck in there. And uh, how did you get out? Um, I ended up having to untie my shoes because my shoes would not go through that. I couldn't get them through. I could get them in, but I couldn't get them back out. So I had to reach down, which was really awkward, to try to get my hands down to my feet down there and, and untie them. And then finally, I could get my pull my feet out. So you had so. to lift your legs up to get yeah, your knees to move. Right. Then, huh? Yeah. And I was trying to do this. I think the guy next to me was still asleep. I was trying to do this without waking him up. So, anyway, that was kind of an interesting story I had in uh, in Turkey, or kind of a fun story. Okay, so my dad and I were in Cappadocia. So this is another story you're another talking story. about. Okay, and we'd spent a couple of days there. Beautiful country, and we we needed to fly out of what was the name of that city. Um, out of the so you'd flown from Istanbul to Kayseri. Kayseri. Kayseri, okay. And then we flew back out of Kayseri. Was it Kayseri? Yeah, Kayseri. Kind of an industrial town? Mm-hmm, Kayseri. Yeah, okay. So, but we were in Cappadocia, and we had to catch a bus back to Kayseri um, to fly back to Istanbul. And we caught, again, it was a, it was a late night bus, and we were kind of just flying by the seat of our pants. We didn't have any plans, and we didn't have reservations or anything like that. So we got on this bus. As I recall, it was, well, I know it was late in, later in the evening or late at night, and I happened to be on the very front row of the bus, the, the very front seat there, almost right by the bus driver. My father was... Uh, behind me, and all we knew that our our plane out of Kayseri was early in the morning. I think it was like six thirty in the morning, something like that. The next morning, and we wanted to find a hotel in Kayseri to spend that night, and then get up early and, and fly back to Istanbul. And so we're on this bus driving through driving through uh, the Turkish countryside. And I happened to, there was a guy next to me, he was just finished his military service. Everybody in Turkey, as I recall, has to have a certain number of years of military service. Isn't that right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And he had just finished his service, and he, was, he spoke English, spoke great English, and we uh, exchanged email addresses, and great, great guy, real nice guy, fun to talk to. And, and fortunately, he spoke English, uh, but I talked to him, I, says, I, I told him what we were trying to do, that we needed to catch a plane back to Istanbul in the morning, needed a hotel. And he said, Did you, do you have any ideas? And he says, well, I really don't know the town of Kayseri at all, but let me ask the bus driver. So he, and he, we were on the front row, he, and so he asked the bus driver and told him what we're trying to do. And, and the bus driver gets on the radio and calls ahead and says, hey, I, you know, told him our situation. And so what happened is we stop in some just some area. It was like a parking lot. And this bus is completely full. He stops in a parking lot in Kayseri 
And we met up with another smaller little bus that holds maybe 10 or 15. Those people. are called dolmishes in Turkey. Okay, right? dolmishes. We, we, he met up with another bus, and then this guy took us to a hotel. I mean, it's just like they had arranged this by, on the radio. This bus driver called ahead, says, yeah, you know, I'm assuming what he said is, I got two Americans, I'm going to drop them off, meet you here, and then, and then if you'll take them to, you know, this hotel. <laughs> and we wanted to be out. The next, and they have to be out at, at five thirty the next morning, and and it was just amazing. I mean, they just arranged their hotel, a hotel for us, a driver, just like that. Did they ask for any money? No, no money. It was it was amazing to me, and I had no idea. I mean, there could have been some criminals that picked us up and draw, drove us out in the countryside and shot us in the head. I mean, you know, for all we had no idea who these guys were. They didn't speak any English, but they just. They, they just did it out of the kindness of their hearts. I mean, they're just good people. I, I, you know, I tell people over and over again, I love the Turks. I was at, I was at a family, um, my wife's family had a, a summer picnic this summer. And one of the older members of her family mentioned that their granddaughter was in Turkey. And every day she prayed for her safety. And I said, why? Why? <laughs> so, oh, it's so dangerous over there. I said, no, 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 you have no clue. Absolutely. You have no clue. The Turks are wonderful people. I just, of, of all the places I've been, I've had more random acts of kindness in Turkey than anywhere else. Now, maybe if I spent more time in other places, I'd have the same stories, but yeah. that's just my experience in Turkey. Well, I've been there twice, and this is, uh, those, those stories that I just, just told, just in that one trip, and, I mean, the people there are incredibly nice. I used to ride the bus from Centerville to Salt Lake every day, and it was the uh, and it was the bus that went to Ogden. Basically, it was the bus that went to Ogden and Salt Lake back and forth every day. And I I think I've told you this before that I, I felt I have felt more nervous or uncomfortable on that bus driving from Salt Lake to Ogden, the Salt Lake Ogden bus, than I ever felt in Turkey. I never felt uncomfortable at in at, at threat or anything like that. So. People were incredibly nice. The funny thing about the end of that story is um, in uh, Kaiseri, okay, is we um, got to the hotel and no one there spoke any, absolutely any English. It was kind of funny how we communicated. We told, I mean, we were telling them we have a uh, a flight the next morning. It leaves at six thirty. We need to be to the airport. And I was making signs. I was pointing to the wall or the clock on the wall, five thirty. I held up my five fingers and thirty, and you know they sort of got it. Five thirty, okay. Airplane. I put my arms out like an airplane, <laughs> like airplane wings. Okay, airport. You know that's how we communicate. They had no idea what I was saying. I had no idea what they were saying, but they got it. And they, they took gave care us of you. A, They gave us a, a wake up call the next morning to wake us up. <laughs> And we got to the and we got to the airport, and to continue this story, we're sit, my dad and I are sitting in this line, and there's literally a, a long line. I mean, there was a lot of people on this flight, and in Turk in Turkish, they were they kept saying, and we didn't understand this. If your flight is the such and such flight to Istanbul, you need to move to the front of the line. They kept saying it over and over again. Well, we had no idea they were saying that. Uh, some, I think a Turkish lady that was sitting in, or t- in line in front of us had mentioned, are you, uh, she's in English, she says, are you on this flight to Istanbul? And we says, yes. He says, well, they've been saying for the last 15 minutes that you need to move up to the front of the line, or otherwise you're going to miss your flight. 
And fortunately, she told us this, otherwise we would have missed our flight. In fact, I ended up running. We got through security, and I didn't have time to put my shoes on. I was running through the airport with, uh, without my shoes on, <laughs> trying to get to this flight. So there was another kind uh, a little just, ki- just, kindness. just happens all the time, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. So, anyway, those are my stories. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. I'd like to get your, your stories of random acts of kindness. So, so please call in, leave messages. At the website, we allow you to upload MP3s. And you can also call in on our phone-in line and leave a a story. That number is 206-338-4063. And you can leave a message, a a story of your random acts of kindness. Again, identify the country, the country you're from. And if you can, uh, maybe the, the year it took place. I know I didn't tell you the years that mine took place, and that's not that important. But just call in and tell us your random acts of kindness, and we'll share them with others. Uh, Also, please go to our website and participate, trade uh, services with each other, get to know each other, look for services you're looking for from the commercial side of the site, and I appreciate your listening. If you have comments or or suggestions, please feel free to email me at franz, F-R-A-N-Z, at traveltradeexchange.com. Thanks a lot for listening.